0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Guerrero. It is Friday. That means Michelle Majuk is here. What's up,
1: Michelle? Hey, hey. Every day I don't have a mimosa. I feel like I'm letting down the 49ers fan base. I'm lo- <laughs> Am I losing my nickname? It's been a few episodes now. Maybe next week I'll bring it along, but I have to work again after the show. So no mimosas mm. for me, sadly.
0: Bummer. Well, hopefully we'll have some cool news this off season to celebrate and we can break the mimosas out. Uh, at least what would one be the time.
1: news? Like what would it be? <sighs> well, Once Jimmy Gravel, you know, signed somewhere officially. That- <laughs>
0: hey, I'll drink to that. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, please smash that like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash at stats on fire. Please, please, please subscribe to the gold standard podcast network. As always, Michelle, I see you got your homage shirt on looking very good. Yeah. Shout out to homage. If you need some 49ers gear, some pop culture gear, they have awesome, comfortable stuff. You can click the link right in the description of this show. It'll take you right to the 49ers page and you can check out everything they have. It is absolutely fantastic. I like to see you rocking the Niners gear. You're coming over to
1: our side. I am. And, uh, you know, the fan base and the players, they're embarrassing me. So (laughs) can they stop? Because I am a fan now and you're ruining it. Because now the players are making the 49ers look bad. The fan base is making the 49ers look bad. Maybe it's just us on Twitter that see it. Maybe it's not affecting the whole world, mm-hmm. but they need to, you know, they're being big babies. They're being really sore losers and they just need to shut their mouths a little bit
0: because so we're gonna- kind of obnoxious. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Some of the things that were said, we're going to get into Super Bowl props because there's still one game left in the season. Obviously, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, we know it's not 49ers, but stop acting like you're not going to be watching. You're going to be watching. You're going to be betting on the game. So we have some Super Bowl prop bets for you. But let's get into that first thing, Michelle. The Niners this week, talking about the Eagles, talking about the game. Now, I I, I think we agree for the most part, but I do want to point out it's a little part of the reason they're talking so much is because it's super weak. It's radio row and they are specifically being asked about the game. Is that fair?
1: Okay. You can be asked about the game, but then just saying stupid comments that are just not factual either. (laughs) Like Robbie gold is that's when it crosses the line, like saying, you know, just make Jalen hurts play quarterback and the defense will have a pretty good day. Like that's just, not factual in the slightest this season uh, when you, when you look at the numbers at all.
0: I do think there's a difference between, I think it was Christian McCaffrey who said like, or somebody, one of them said, damn, you know, I, I really wish we got to play the game with a quarterback that can throw. I think that's totally fine. That's I don't think
1: completely fine.
0: Yes. I don't think yeah. that's being a sore loser or anything, but when you take that next step, like Debo did saying, yeah. well, if Brock played, we win by double digits, Or, oh, they need to change that third quarterback rule. Any of that sort of extra stuff, I don't like. Like Ayuk saying, we were the best team. Shut up, man. You lost. At some point, you have to acknowledge you lost the game.
1: But A, you weren't the best team because the Eagles were the number one seed. So remember that also saying that you would have beat them by double digit points when Jalen hurts, hasn't lost a game that, well, he lost one game this year and it wasn't by double digit points. So he hasn't lost a game this year by double digit points. So saying that is silly, especially since you were down seven, zero already when the injury happened, like, yes, you would have put up a fight. Could you have won for sure, but acting like you would have a hundred percent won and acting like you would have killed them. That's where it's just like crossing the line and Robbie gold's comment. Oh man. you like, you can't come at my boy like this, you know, (laughs) Jalen Hurts is my love. I I would fight Robbie gold right now. If I saw him in the streets, I really would. So I I just wanted to look at the numbers, right? Like when you make Jalen Hurts throw and you know, kind of limit his running. What does he do? Well, he had nine games this year, including the playoffs where he had fewer than 10 rushing attempts in those nine games. He had 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, 113 passer rating average over eight yards. Per pass attempt, there was two games that they kept him to under to five or fewer rushing attempts. That was against my Steelers and against the Titans, and he destroyed them. <laughs> Averaged nearly ten yards per pass attempt, which is insane. Had seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, a hundred and thirty-eight passer rating so when the team was like okay we're just gonna not let him run at all and we're just gonna make him pass he destroyed them destroyed them so saying that especially when Robbie Gold doesn't even play defense he'd even play against them and you have how many games have you watched this year Robbie you've been playing your own games how many Eagles games have you watched so you're just being you're just being an idiot like that's a stupid comment and I, it made me mad it made me I knew you were gonna
0: come for Robbie because Jalen Hurts oh, is your Robbie.
1: Boy. Get Robbie on here and I'm going to come at him.
0: But like Robbie, like you're first of all, dude, you're the you're kicker. Kicker. Like, what are you doing? You can't talk <laughs> trash about a guy that probably would have won the MVP. And I just I thought it was a shot, frankly. I thought he took a shot at Jalen Hurts. Some people didn't. I know that Trey Wingo that did the interview didn't think it was a shot. I thought it was a shot because you I do
1: not think it's a shot.
0: Right. I mean, you're saying. Jalen Hurts cannot play quarterback. That's his position. That's his job. So if you're saying he can't do that, that's a shot. And I I just, I don't think that's like, I get that the 49ers might think they're the best team. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan all week had them all pumped up. Like, look, we can do this against their defense. We can do that. That's what a coach is supposed to do, right? You're supposed to convince your team during the week that you're going to go out and win. But saying it out loud just comes across as, kind of loserish to be honest with you. And like there's too much concern by the 49ers that oh, we're the best team. Like that's not the goal every year. The goal isn't to be the best team. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. And those are two different things cuz I've seen the 49ers be the best team in two Super Bowl years and not win it. And I got to tell you, I'd rather have the Super Bowls.
1: <laughs> but also you're giving the Eagles so so much locker room material now. Like If I was the Chiefs or if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm like, can you guys please stop? Like, (laughs) please stop because you're getting them so motivated now to prove you wrong. And that stuff really does seem to work. And then also for next year when they meet, like, they have all these comments. Like, it could have been such a way where it was like, the 49ers have all the motivation because they didn't have their quarterback. They lost like, but no, now you're putting it all the motivation right back on the Eagles. Cause you're saying we would have kicked your butts if we had a quarterback. You're like now they have so much material to use against you and to get motivated for this game. So it's like, ugh, you kind of wasted that as well. Like just shut up. You lost. That's what it comes down to.
0: Eventually you have to acknowledge that you lost. It's just mm-hmm. like, I just, it yeah, sucks
1: that you didn't really have a chance. It sucks you didn't have a quarterback. Right. Acknowledge that all you want. Acknowledge that all you want. But like coming down on the other, it's not the other, it's not the Eagles' fault. Like that all of your quarterbacks this year got hurt. I totally
0: they, agree. And they, they don't have to, they
1: can't help that. Like, yeah.
0: And they don't have, don't have to, have to apologize down on them for, it.
1: for no reason. It's not like they were the seventh seed that snuck in <laughs> right. and won like seven games this year and then just got lucky in the playoffs. It's like, no, they were the number one seed. They, lost one game with their starting quarterback all year long. Like they are also very good. Just, you don't have to come down on them.
0: that game next year is going to be awesome. Like I cannot wait for it. It's going to be because, because of all this stuff, there's going to be so much animosity. It's going to be kind of like those old Niner Seahawks games used to be where there's genuine dislike. Both sides have something to prove. It is not going to be just like a regular season. Oh, this is a good week six matchup.
1: How far is Philly from you
0: Uh, close enough to go to the game? I'll say that it's a train ride away from the game. I am really considering it would
1: be your first ever NFL game. Correct. That's true.
0: I have never actually been to an NFL game.
1: That is wild. You need to get to one. Now. I don't know if your first NFL experience should be in Philadelphia because apparently those fans are like brutal. I've never gone to a Philadelphia game. So maybe pick a different game, but that would be really fun i mean it should be a a great game
0: yeah i I think either the philly game or the steelers game in pittsburgh i'm gonna try and do like a meet and greet for the network to have as many people as possible there to meet fans and stuff i think that'd be a cool
1: we should do the steelers because that makes sense
0: (laughs) because oh well not just you and me i'm saying you me i know
1: but it makes sense to go to the steelers a levin lives in pittsburgh Right. And I'm a Steelers fan. I used to live in Pittsburgh, so I would love to go back and visit. I love to go to a game and Pittsburgh fans are not nearly as mean as Philadelphia fans.
0: True. Speaking of being a sore loser, I'm going to be a little bit of a sore loser when it comes to some of the awards that were handed out last night at the NFL honor ceremony. First of all, congratulations, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year, got almost all the first place votes. Well-deserved. Uh, I know people were talking about Parsons or whatever, but it was clearly Bosa's award. To Parsons win. didn't
1: even get one vote.
0: His Bosa's entire acceptance speech was less than 50 seconds.
1: He was so awkward, poor dude. He, he is was an so person. nervous. He was so nervous. It's like, oh man. Like, ha, ha, yeah, I'm surprised someone at his level can just have like so little confidence speaking. Public
0: speaking is the number one fear among people.
1: Well, now I know why he does this little dance, because he's too nervous to do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) He has has fear of, you know, people seeing him perform, apparently.
0: D'Amico Ryans, congratulations, assistant coach of the year. Again, well-deserved. Best of luck in Houston. But that's where the wins stopped for the 49ers. And I'm sorry, I don't get it. How Kyle Shanahan is not the coach of the year, I will never understand it. It doesn't make any sense. There's no logic applied to the award whatsoever. It's just whoever we think is going to stink. As long as they exceed those expectations, we give it to them no matter what happens with any other team in the league.
1: I also think Brian Dable did a fantastic job. And I I was thinking that he deserved to win the most. And when you compare the two rosters, it's not even close. And then you also say, well, D'Amico Ryan's one assistant coach of the year. Kyle Shanahan was working with the best assistant coach of the year the very best defense. And then he had a loaded offense. How hard is it to coach that team? I just, how hard is it to coach that team? Now they did lose the quarterback, obviously lost quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. That is impressive. I'm not saying like, that's why he was a finalist, but I think what Brian Dable did with literally nobody, I mean, a good running back, I guess that's it. That is truly, truly impressive. Like he changed that franchise over in one off season. one off season with a terrible roster.
0: First of all, everything you just said about the players and the guys on the staff, Kyle Shanahan's responsible for all that. Kyle Shanahan but It's not hired... GM
1: of the year. It's coach of the year.
0: But regardless, he's the reason for it. He hired D'Amico Ryans. That's what a coach does. He hires assistants, right? He could have hired anybody. He plucked D'Amico Ryans and put him in there. So like, I feel like people are acting like Kyle Shanahan became the head coach of the 49ers and got this roster by picking the team out of a hat. Like, no, he's the reason for all of it. Second of all, Brian Dayball took a team, a roster that was bad and made the playoffs. Yippee. Kyle Shanahan took a team that was really good, lost all quarterbacks and a bunch of other positions, by the way, let's stop acting like quarterback, you know, was the only position that got injured during the year. It wasn't. And they were the two, seed they were on a 10 game winning streak going into the playoffs he took a third string rookie quarterback and was dusting people with him that is way more impressive than brian dayball sneaking into the playoffs i i think it is and, and by the way this isn't to say that dayball did a bad job he clearly did a great job i just didn't think he did the best job
1: listen the one who deserves it every year is just never like andy Reid should have like five of these things by now Re- but. yes uh, he's never even in the conversation. Cause it's like, yeah, well, he's supposed to do this, you know? What's- and I think maybe that's when you have that loaded of a roster, you're going to have a harder time winning. I mean, that's why, I mean, this is kind of goes in the same sentence with, um, Eric, what's his name? The OC for the chiefs, Eric B Yes. He, that's why he's thinking about leaving the chiefs to go Another offensive coordinator job because he has to prove he can do it without Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy to think he would ever leave that situation. But it's like, no one's believing I could do this without them. It's just you're in a worse situation with winning awards. Boo hoo. It's an award. If your team is stacked, like that's just what it comes down to.
0: The Eagles are just as stacked as the 49ers and they couldn't buy a win when Jalen Hurts got injured yet. Kyle Shanahan can win with his third string quarterback and gets no credit for that. So let's just stop. He acting. did get credit.
1: He was a finalist and it's not like Nick Sirianni won either. Brian Dable did with a backup quarterback the whole year because Daniel Jones should be a backup quarterback. He had a very nice season this year, like solid, but it started because every game for them. fixed fix his. Fixed him, just like he fixed Josh Allen. Apparently. What's the
0: argument for Brian Dable over Pete Carroll? Pete, Ter- Pete Carroll took a yeah. team that was expected to be just as bad. There's a
1: lot of guys deserving of this award. Pete Carroll should have definitely been a finalist as well. I just feel like once you get, you're in the league for too long, they're just like, yeah, you're boring. We're not going to put you as a finalist.
0: I mean, Kyle Shanahan in 2019 took a team that stunk, right? Whose roster was bad and got to the Super Bowl and didn't win coach of the year. And now he takes a team that everybody thinks is good is the two seed with Brock freaking Purdy and still doesn't get coach of the year. Like, what the hell has he got to do to win the damn award?
1: Well, it's not supposed to count the playoffs for whatever reason. I don't get why they won't count the playoffs during these awards. I don't get it because I think it does matter. It can't be everything, but I think it should count. And uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't. So just based off the regular season, I mean, I'm going... I'm going with Dave here, but I mean, I would have been fine if Shanahan won, but you know, you know, I have a little thing with Shanahan, me and him. Don't see eye eye to eye always.
0: Yeah. You you get frustrated with him. Uh, The next player that was robbed and has been consistently robbed this entire season, Christian McCaffrey, not winning comeback player of the year. Can someone tell me please what Geno Smith was coming back from? He came back from sucking. Okay. Geno Smith was terrible before this. That's why he wasn't playing. And he had a good year with the Seahawks this year. How is that more impressive than Christian McCaffrey being injured for two years and coming back this year and being arguably the offensive player of the year?
1: I think it's tricky, right? Because we're like, okay, what's the definition of comeback? I was thinking personally, I was thinking Geno Smith should win it. I totally get like, what is he coming back from? I don't know, but he made a huge cut, like, it de- depends on the way you're using the definition of comeback, right? I guess the definition would mean you have to come back from something, but I'm taking it as he revived his career. Like it's such a good comeback story. I don't know. Like fr- maybe be- coming back from being a good college quarterback. I don't really know, but I-, I get it. I get where both sides are coming from. My wife, Kate was totally on your side. Like, you know, Smith should not win. Like, this is so silly. What is he coming back from? She thought it was, should be Christian McCaffrey as well. Listen. Yeah. I, I would have been completely fine with Christian McCaffrey winning. He probably deserved it over Geno Smith. Cause like you're saying, what did he come back from? It's just like, we knew when Christian McCaffrey got healthy, like he's going to be great again. Like, yeah, he obviously like he's Christian McCaffrey. He just needs to stay healthy and he's great. Geno Smith came out of nowhere and it was like, what, where did this come from? So I felt like he deserved to win some type of award. Maybe this one doesn't make complete sense, but I'm okay with it.
0: I think if he doesn't have that stupid line, oh, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back, which by the way, it makes no freaking sense. Like people like fell in love with him after that. Again, come back, right? That that, to me implies you were good at one point and then you stopped being good and then you were good again. Gino Smith was never good. He was never good until this year. It's absurd. Christian McCaffrey didn't get comeback player of the year. Christian McCaffrey didn't get a Pro Bowl nod. Christian McCaffrey didn't get an all pro nod. Explain that to me, Michelle, how does that make any sense?
1: Christian McCaffrey got screwed this year. He definitely did. is like they all pros and the, yeah, everything like that. He it's like, because he changed teams, they just forgot about him. And that's unfair because he had a fantastic season. So I will agree that he got screwed a lot this year. And I guess this is just another way he's getting screwed, but hopefully next year being on the same team, not changing teams. He can ball out again and, you know, start winning these awards.
0: He was good with the Panthers too. Like people, I I don't think noticed because they were the Panthers, but he played well with Carolina. He led the 49ers in touchdowns this year, Michelle. And he only played like 11 games with them.
1: I do think maybe the Panthers being just as good or even better without him could have hurt him a little bit. It was weird because it's like the Panthers got better without him. And then the 49ers got better with him. I don't really know how that works.
0: I mean, he is a running back and running backs are replaceable, but that doesn't mean that Christian McCaffrey is, you know, he's also really, really good. So, I, yeah. They were six and six under Steve Wilkes, too. It's not like they were freaking, you know, 11 and two. They were just better than they had been. Well, but yeah. anyway, Christian McCaffrey robbed. Now, the one that you were most salty about, which I actually disagree with, is offensive rookie of the year because you thought that Brock should win. And I had no problem with Garrett Wilson of the Jets winning the award.
1: I just don't think, listen, I think Garrett Wilson's a fantastic talent. I think he got screwed over because the quarterback situation and he probably puts up better numbers. he's a better quarterback, but you can't just give him those numbers. Like what he finished with was 1100 yards and four touchdowns in 17 games. Like, is that offensive player of the year worthy enough? let's say Purdy was up for this award last year. Yes. Jamar chase wins it easily, hands down, no questions asked, but I think with the finalists this year, I do think Purdy should have won. Yes. I get, he only played five regular season games, but he had two touchdowns or more, or I think just two touchdowns in each of those games. And he won each of those games when nobody thought the 49ers even had a chance. To do anything. Once Brock Purdy had to come in, he was Mr. Irrelevant. Like it's insane what he did. And I don't care how small the sample size is. He had more touchdowns than Kenny Pickett and Pickett played nearly the entire season. Like what he did was truly spectacular. And I think that was way more deserving of the award than a wide receiver, putting up 1100 yards and four touchdowns. Like, is that really an award worthy? Like it's a really solid rookie season. Don't get me wrong. And again, I think Garrett Wilson's a fantastic talent. And again, I think the quarterback hurt him, but that's not, like I just don't see how that wins an award either. So when no one's really worthy of it, give it to the guy who did something that no one else has ever done in NFL history.
0: That's the best argument for Purdy that I've heard from anybody. Essentially, like the overall class was not the strongest class and I'm fine with that. But the sample size to me matters because let's say Brock plays the full season and stinks in the second half then is he winning the award? No. So I Kenny just
1: Kenny got votes.
0: Yeah, that was weird.
1: So yeah, he probably would have won the award still, if he had just a great first half of the year, like when Kenny, what was Kenny Pickett's ending? I think he still had more, more uh, interceptions that he did touchdowns and somehow yeah, seven <laughs> touchdowns, nine interceptions, and he got a vote or I don't even, know, I think he got three votes or something, something stupid. I don't know how he got any votes. So yeah, I, I just think Rock Purdy, in this class, he's the only one that did something that no one else has ever done in NFL history, and that should win you the award
0: that's a good argument. I have to admit um Thank you. The Thank people you so are weird with these votes, like Justin Fields got an m v p vote, yeah, they're, like that's a thing that they had the worst
1: record in the n f l he got a vote if you, for if you take him off the team, they're just still gonna be the worst team in the n f l
0: which means, by the way, Justin Fields has more MVP votes than Russell Wilson in his career, which I just find delicious. I'm that's sorry. Crazy. I'll always because hate Russell Wilson.
1: Russ has had some good years, so it's crazy he's never got a vote.
0: Yeah, That's a shame. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some Super Bowl props because there is one more game. And let's be honest, if you're not going to watch your team in it, you could at least make a little money. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. All right, Michelle. Super Bowl coming up. On Sunday, Chiefs, Eagles, let's make some money here. What do you got for best bets for me?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I want to know, who do you think is going to win this game? Let's just start there.
0: I think it's pretty obvious that the Eagles overall are the better team, but Mahomes is just so freaking good. Like, I think back to that Buccaneers Super Bowl. I mean, Mahomes was under pressure every snap almost immediately, and he's still throwing the ball and hitting receivers in the face mask. Like, he made enough throws to win that game. His teammates let him down in that game. So when I look at this Super Bowl, I think he's probably going to be under a similar amount of pressure, give or take. And I've seen him play well enough to win in that situation, and so I just wonder, like, Is he, is he that good that he could literally carry them to victory? So I I feel like the Eagles should win, but some part of my brain, and maybe it's still scarred from super bowl 54, but some part of my brain is like, do not bet against 15.
1: I'm going with the Eagles. Now I am surprised they are favored to win. So you would have to take minus one and a half points, but I don't think it's going to be a one point game. So I'm okay. Taking that. I think the Eagles win. And I do believe in the MVP curse, so I think Patrick Mahomes winning the uh-huh. MVP is a little, you know, it, it probably really motivates Jalen Hurts, a. Eh? So that's just extra motivation there. And he does have like that kind of Michael Jordan mentality where he's like, "Oh, okay, I, I get you." And like, well, wait, and like,
0: are you saying now Jalen Hurts really wants to No, win no, the no. Super he Bowl? always
1: wanted it, but I'm saying <laughs> also there's a curse. I mean, the last nine MVPs yep. to win that year MVP that year to play in the super bowl have all lost and quarterbacks specifically since 2000 are zero and eight when they play in the super bowl, the year that they won the MVP and the stats are pretty bad. 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions combined between wow. those eight quarterbacks. It wasn't pretty. And they lost by an average of 13.8 points per game. So many of the games weren't even close whatsoever. The last such instance was Tom Brady in 2017, won MVP. We thought yeah, New England's going to win this. They lost the Eagles that year. So, this is kind of interesting. Also, what's even worse, I think, for Mahomes is that Jalen Hurts was the runner up. Runner ups that play in the Super Bowl that same year are four and one since 1980 in the Super Bowl. Wow. There's that. Yeah, yeah. And this will be the third instance all time that the MVP plays the MVP runner up in the Super Bowl that season. The runner up beat the MVP in each of the previous two instances. So Tom Brady beat Matt Ryan, the MVP, in 2016, okay. and Drew Brees beat the MVP, Peyton Manning, in 2009. Those were the other two. So it, it'll it'll be interesting. I, I do think there's something to the storyline when it comes to the MVPs.
0: That's fascinating. See, that's why you need to listen to this show every single week. That is a really cool thing that I did not know. Now I'm going to be like keeping track of that as well every year. Cause that's freaking awesome.
1: Mahomes is going to ruin it for me. And he's going to win.
0: <laughs> I mean, the guy is, he's literally been a starter for five years. He's been in the AFC championship game at home all five years. I hate yeah. that guy.
1: <laughs> he's pretty good. He's pretty spectacular. I will say when you're looking at MVP awards, like obviously if the Eagles win, I, I don't see how Jalen Hurts doesn't win it. You know, like I just feel like the team has just rallied around him. He's the leader, like he's just gonna win it. But if the Chiefs win, could you see them trying to get Travis Kelsey an MVP now that no. he's getting older?
0: Because there's no if Kelsey has a good enough game to win the MVP, that means Mahomes does also, right? Like Well, it's kind of like
1: Cooper Cup last year though, where Cup had two touchdowns and Safford threw an interception. Or two, I don't know what it was. So then they gave it to Cooper Cup. I could see Kelsey scoring a couple of touchdowns. Maybe Mahomes makes a couple of mistakes and they're like, you know what? Kelsey's what, thirty something years old? Let's get him this MVP. He deserves it.
0: No, oh, he's certainly media friendly enough for sure. Uh by the way, I would Jabroni. absolutely take Mahomes throwing an interception in this game. I like I feel very strongly about that. But we'll start with your bets. Uh what do you like first?
1: Um, I like Travis Kelsey. What's his uh receiving app? I, I just lost my page. I'm sorry.
0: Stock down, Michelle. You had that awesome nugget. And now I'm you're letting sorry me. Sorry, I
1: lost my page. This okay, I will say DraftKings is extremely confusing.
0: Here we go. Now we're throwing DraftKings under the bus.
1: Well, all of a sudden they have every bet in the entire world. Okay, yeah. Travis 76 Kelsey. a six and a half. Over 76 and a half. He kills it every single game in the playoffs. He has over 75 receiving yards in his last eight playoff games. He's just going to keep doing it. And the Eagles have a like both of their corners are really good. And I so I don't think Marquez Velde Scantling is going to go off on the Eagles like he went off on the Bengals uh, in the championship game. Like A, they used Kelsey all the time, but I think they're really going to need him use him here because the Chiefs wide receivers are just kind of meh. And I don't think James Bradbury or Darius Slay are going to struggle at all to cover them. So they're going to have to get Kelsey open up in the middle of the field. And you know, he's going to do it no matter what the Eagles do. He's going to be open. So I would smash this Kelsey over. And if you can find an alternative, just keep going, just keep going up 90, hundred, who cares? Just keep doing it. It's Travis Kelsey. It's
0: absurd. No one can stop him. No matter what, like, It's so frustrating, especially, you know, before George Kittle kind of broke out at the end of this year, I kept watching the chiefs being like, why can't this be like this with Kittle? But it's amazing. I would absolutely take this over. You know, he's going to have a zillion catches and that's like the safest bet. I think of the entire super bowl. So good on you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm also taking AJ Brown wide receiver for the Eagles. I'm taking his over 72 and a half receiving yards now. He's done very little so far in the playoffs, 22 yards against the Giants, 28 yards against the 49ers. Wow. However, the Eagles didn't really have to throw very much in either of those two games. Hurts is still coming back from the shoulder injury. You would think now it has to be getting pretty close to hundred percent. You at least hope with this break. Uh, but I, I do think they have to throw more in this game to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think they're going to win 31 to seven again in this game. So there's going to be more passing opportunities. Again, Jalen Hurts hears these comments, so make him be a quarterback. Like I just think that he will come out and like prove to the world, like I am a great passer as well, not just because Robbie Gold, but so many <laughs> people say this about him. Uh, so I do think this is a passing game for the Eagles. They have to keep up with Mahomes. Uh, And A.J. Brown is one of the best wide receivers in the league. The Chiefs secondary doesn't scare me at all. Like, I don't know who's really going to stop A.J. Brown in that secondary. So I'm happy to take that over for Brown.
0: A.J. is dominant when he needs to be. Uh, You're right about the Chiefs defense. Although I will say this. Steve Spagnuolo knows how to dial up performances, especially in the Super Bowl. That slow down opposing offenses, especially really good opposing offenses. I think that when the Chiefs went out and got him, they specifically at the time were looking for him to slow down Tom Brady because he had already done that with the Giants. And then the Chiefs recruited him, and guess what? It worked. And I think that gives me a little pause. I think Spagnolo is going to have a little something special for the Eagles.
1: I could see that. I think they're going to try to blitz Jalen hurts like crazy. It just comes down to will hurts, hurt them. You know, if they blitz them and run away and that, you know, they're, I do think they're going to have to change up their game plan in the second half, depending on what the Eagles are doing, but then the Eagles can change it up as well. The Eagles are just a scary team because they can pass or run. And then the chiefs are such a scary team because they have Patrick freaking Mahomes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be it. I'm looking more forward to the game now than I was a week ago. I will say that, uh, cause I'm kind of, you know, getting
1: over it a little getting bit
0: over it a little, but okay. What's uh, do you have another best bet for us?
1: Yeah, I have Juju Smith Schuster. I'm taking his under, I'm doing an under baby. It's wow. at 36 and a half. And that seems low, but he hasn't hit that in any of his last five games. These are his numbers, seven yards, 29 yards, 35 yards, 21, 27 He like, he's kind of disappeared in the second half. Like he had a really solid first half of the season and then just disappeared. He's dealing with an injury. So he's not even going to be a hundred percent. Like I said, the Eagles have a very good secondary. I just don't see Juju doing much in this game. And also like, he just doesn't average that many yards per catch. So to get this 37 yards, he probably needs four receptions. And I just, I could see him getting a couple of receptions, for 30, exactly 30 yards or something like that. And I don't think he hits this over.
0: It's amazing to me. At one point, I was like, I think Juju was one of the best young receivers in the league when he was tearing it up on Sunday night football with the Steelers. Like, holy crap, this guy. And he was the youngest player in the league. And now he's just like, he's just a guy.
1: Yeah. It's weird. I thought he was going to be so freaking good. Like his 2018 season where he just destroyed everybody and. I guess maybe it really was because Antonio Brown was playing next to him, but he just looks so freaking good. I don't know what happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, somebody's going to have to do it from the receiving spot for the Chiefs, but I don't just don't know who that is going to be. I, but then again, Mahomes is Mahomes, and so he'll piece it together somehow. Just come up with some crazy ass throw. But I agree. I like the under here. I don't like generally unders like you. I'm usually. More inclined to take the over, but I don't think betting against Juju is a particularly bad move, especially because the Eagles' secondary is also very good.
1: I have one more. I'm Ooh, going with okay. defense, defense baby, Brandon Graham. And the only reason I'm doing this is because the odds are just spectacular, plus one ninety-five. So you win almost double your money if he just gets one sack. He just needs one sack, and he has eleven sacks this year. I I think this is like, I'm not saying he definitely will get a sack, but when you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, he's dealing with a bum ankle. He, he did well enough getting away from the Bengals last or in the championship game, but the Eagles had 70 sacks this year. The most in the, in the NFL by far, far by like Eagles had
0: 70 sacks.
1: Yeah. The Eagles had 70 sacks. So you know, they're going to get to Patrick Mahomes. It's about actually taking him down and which one does it. But if I, this is just too good of odds right here to not bet that he gets one of those sacks. Like, I think they probably sack Mahomes at least four times in this game. So I'm betting on that Graham will take one of them.
0: I like the bet, And I like, like you said, the odds, you potentially double your money. One play, all you need is one freaking play and it could come. Who knows? There, there's so many different game scripts that can happen that allow this. Right? It could come at the end of the game if Mahomes is trying to throw a hail mary or something. So I like it. Uh, the more options you have, or the more game scripts that can occur that still allow you to hit the bet, I always feel more comfortable with those. So Brandon Graham over, I like it. Um, I would take all those bets. And last time I did that, by the way, we were wrong and I lost all my money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe don't do that.
0: Well, uh, I like to have a little, a little something on the Super Bowl, especially when my team is in it. I don't usually bet on it that much. Maybe I'll bet like on the spread, but when it's not my team, you know, I like to have a little extra in there.
1: Yeah. You definitely, when you're watching a game that your team's not in, you need to put some bets down to make it interesting for sure.
0: Now, are you a Super Bowl halftime show person? Cause you were all about Kelly Clarkson in the NFL honors last night. I had no idea you were such a big Clarkson fan.
1: Listen, I love Kelly Clarkson. I have since I was a teenager. She just, her voice is the best in the world. I just don't care. So, and I've gone to far too many of her concerts. So I am a true Kelly Clarkson, like, obsessive. fan uh it's it's probably over the top i was like so anxious for her last night i was so anxious i was so nervous like she it's like it's like kate my wife was on stage i was so nervous she wasn't (laughs) gonna do a good job or something i thought she did great but anyways i would be really excited all the rumors were that taylor swift was going to do the halftime show that would have been amazing rihanna like she's good i don't like love her songs all that much but Uh oh she i'm sure she'll put up a good show
0: they're gonna come for you now that's it Stephen A. Smith said something similar, and people jumped all over him, which I don't understand. Um, I hate the Super Bowl halftime show. I've always hated the Super Bowl halftime show. I never watch it. I don't care. I wish that we could just get it over with. It's stupid and pointless. Why do we have to have a concert in the middle of a football game?
1: Beyonce's halftime show is pretty freaking spectacular.
0: That, I was at that Super Bowl in 2012, and... I was on radio row and she walked into radio row and the room stopped. Like <laughs> everybody just stopped to look at Beyonce who in person, it stunningly gorgeous. like, you can't even look directly at her. That's how amazing she <laughs> you looks. Go blind. And she had like the biggest security entourage I have ever seen. Like you couldn't get within 15 feet of her. Cause there was like a mass sea of humanity. But literally, like, everybody just stopped to look at her as she walked through Radio Row. I will never forget it.
1: That's pretty insane that you got to see her in person.
0: Yes. Last thing I want to get to, uh, because it kind of surprised me, and I feel like it's sort of flown under the radar. Brock Purdy was on KMBR and gave an interesting little update on his surgery. You know, we had all thought that there were essentially two options for Brock, that he was going to have the repair surgery, which would have kept him out six months. Or the replacement surgery, the Tommy John surgery, which would have kept him out between 10 to 12 months. But Brock was on KMBR and said that there's actually a third option. He called it the hybrid option. I don't know what medically takes place, but apparently there's a third option. And the doctor will decide once he's actually inside Brock's elbow, and he'll decide to do it. And if he has that hybrid option, he'll be out 9 to 12 months. So essentially, if I'm reading this right, and I like to think that I am, there's three potential surgical options for Brock. Two of them potentially keep him out for a year. That's very dicey, Michelle.
1: It is. And we were talking before this. We don't really understand what the hybrid could be. Like, either you just fix it or you take it out and replace it. Like, I don't, you're not going to like take out half of it. <laughs> so right. I don't, I-, I don't really get what the hybrid could be, but I'm not a doctor through a surgeon. So I guess I don't need to, but also even if he does just the one that repairs it and he's supposed to be good in six months, I just, I think we're overestimating how much he's going to be able to actually throw a ball in three months. And is it the full size ball or is it the smaller ball? Like uh, big Ben had to do for a while there after his elbow injury, he had to throw a smaller ball for a really long time. And then he went up to I don't know. Uh, maybe the college level. I just know he went through many different types of balls. Is it, like I think he even had to start at tennis balls. Like that's how low he had to start. Right. So is he going to really be up to speed when you get into training camp, where he's throwing the the regular size ball and he's good to go and he's good? To, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, I think it'll be later in training camp, even if he has the simpler surgery.
0: And that also assumes that everything goes perfectly, that the surgery goes perfectly, that his rehab goes perfectly, that he has no setbacks, no infection, no nothing. And I'm obviously hoping for that scenario, of course. But these things don't always go, you know, according to plan. And so just by the way, the fact that clearly they've discussed the third option with Brock means – that it's on the table. Like, I feel like the reporting on this has always been, Oh, he doesn't need Tommy John, right? He's going to have this surgery and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's nearly as definite as some in the media have made it sound, which is what I have always been saying. They literally won't know until they cut open his arm and look at it. There's no other way to know. And so that's why I think Michelle, February 22nd, which is the date that Brock is supposed to have the surgery is the biggest day of the year for the 49ers in 2023. Because it's going to determine so much of what happens. It's going to determine when and if Brock is back at all. It's going to determine when and if Trey, how much run Trey Lance gets with the first team offense. I mean, who knows? If Brock is out for the year and Trey doesn't look good, do the 49ers make a move for a quarterback? Like, that February 22nd is going to be a massive, massive day.
1: Oh yeah. It's going to be huge. If he's out for the year, I do think their entire free agency strategy would change as well. I think at that point you do yes. have to do your best to bring in a Jacoby Brissett or a Teddy Bridgewater and have a good, like a really solid backup option. But you know, the good thing is it's not all the marbles are sitting here with Brock Purdy. Like, please, please, please. Like you we can't have a miss the year. It's like you have another option that you spent a lot on that has a lot of potential. So, at least you still have Trey Lance. It would be way worse if it was literally like, well, this right. is our starting quarterback. And if he's out, like that kind of ruins the whole year, at least you're not at that. Hopefully he goes in the in 22nd, he's, you know, has the easier surgery and he's back by training camp and Lance and him can fight it out and battle. And the best man wins the job. That would be perfect. But I think the 49ers are in an okay spot, no matter what happens. Obviously would not be ideal for Purdy to miss the season, but
0: that's the story that they're trying to sell you. I know that, but it's it's going to be really interesting, but it's crazy to me. that such a pivotal date for the season happens. So soon. I mean, the combine won't even have begun yet on February 22nd. So we're going to know so much about what's going to happen with the 49ers before the combine even starts. I'm going to be like glued to Twitter that day. Just give me the news. What kind of surgery did he have? And of course, they're always going to say it was successful and yada, yada, yada. But it's, it's, this is dicey. And we're, we're not going to know for sure until that date. And, uh, oh, it just never ends with this team. There's a never ending stream of quarterback issues and quarterback issues specifically. Yeah, exactly. Did you see the ankle cam that, uh, was tweeted out by the Rich Eisen people when they had Trey Lance on? So they like, zoomed in on his on his feet as he was like climbing up onto the set (laughs) it was hilarious
1: how do he look Uh, i don't know
0: Uh to me i'm a little worried i'm a little worried not gonna lie but anyway michelle thank you so much for the best bets and for being with us of course all year long we are not going anywhere we're not closing up shop after the super bowl so don't worry we're gonna be back every single week but uh, i'm always grateful to sit down with you on a friday
1: yeah, yeah. I'll be in Vegas next Friday, so we'll have to discuss how we're going to do this. Really? Uh, but, ooh, yeah. Vegas what are you town. going to Vegas? Talk for? about Mimosa Michelle coming up. Oh, man. <laughs> You're
0: going to have a mimosa in each hand.
1: Yeah, there's the uh, sports writer convention thingy. Kate's speaking at it on a panel. So, going to support here. And then also going to the convention and then also, you know, gambling and going to support her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Please. In I'm Vegas. sure they really had to
0: twist your arm to get you to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. Like, Oh my goodness, please don't make me go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: in February.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I live in Houston, so it's not, like
0: that's it's true. Cool, yeah. yeah, that's true. All right. Well, that's, that's awesome for you. Enjoy that. Yeah. We'll have to figure it out. And if you need the week off, I get it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how alive I'll be on Friday morning. Well,
0: then you just Kyle shanahan us, right? We don't even know who will be alive. <laughs> yeah, I, don't
1: even, I don't even know what's going to happen. You, 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 a, know, you never know what's going to happen in Vegas.
0: That's true. Well, good luck to Kate, and I hope you have a fabulous time. And please, again, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Please follow us as well, the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Good luck to everybody on your Super Bowl bets. Best bet, uh, best of luck to you. Go
1: Eagles! Eagle? I, I don't know <laughs> you can't say that. For.
0: I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. But anyway, enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Bye, y'all.